If this podcast inspires you to fast track your own career journey, visit fasttracktofearless.com to enroll in one of my courses. There's a special 20% discount for podcast listeners that's available for all paid courses. Enter the code POD20 at checkout. Welcome to Fast Track to Fearless. I'm Tracy Forsyth, and I'm here to help you become 100% career confident. In each episode, we learn the secrets of inspirational people and fearless leaders as they share their journeys to success. But I don't want to make noodles. I want to be, I want to be a star. That's Ching He Huang, a wonderfully vibrant human, a classic overachiever, and someone who never takes her many successes for granted. You should be your biggest cheerleader. You know, it's that dialogue. You should say, of course you can do it. I've known Ching for 15 years and have always been bowled over by her spirit, her energy, and her tenacity. She's an international Emmy-nominated TV chef and cookery author, born in Taiwan and raised in South Africa and the UK. Her TV shows are sold, distributed, and broadcast around the world. Everything from Ching's kitchen to exploring China, Ching's Amazing Asia, Restaurant Redemption, and Eat the Nation. She makes frequent guest appearances on shows like The Today Show and The Rachel Ray Show. And if you've not seen her on your screen, there's a good chance you own one of her eight best-selling books. Ching's life is a story of self-driven success. Nothing has been handed to her on a silver platter. Hard graft and determination really has been the bedrock of everything that she's achieved. When you look at her long list of accomplishments, it may seem like Ching had a firm grasp on her ambitions from an early age. But actually, she didn't even realise that she'd end up finding success through food. It all just fell into place. After secondary school, after university, uh, I started a food business called Fuji. It basically produced lots of ready-to-eat foods for customers in London. Uh, I had like a cold bag and I was on the underground with lots of samples of different foods, you know, dishes. And I would knock on doors of uh, sandwich shops, cafes, you know, food producers, restaurateurs, trying to sell them my cool noodles. I was a broke student and my parents had always hoped that I would go into business. And in a way, I had to go into business because I felt like there was no other way because by that point, my family were in so much debt um, from failed businesses when we moved to the UK. My father lost his business. Um, it was the 1990 recession when we moved. He lost everything. At that time, you know, he had paid £250,000 so that we could emigrate to this country in the first place, and that was a lot of money. Um, he put my brother through boarding school, myself through private school. But by the time I was 15 and he'd lost a lot, I had to lie to go and find um, a, a job working for Next. <laughs> I was underage. You were supposed to be 16. And I was saying, please, I really need this job. But anyway, that experience, putting myself through the rest of school and then going to university, by the time I'd finished university and started my food business, I was so hungry for success for not just myself, but for my family that I decided to embark on what was the craziest uh, thing I thought that I would do, which is to set up my own food business. A great lesson there 
is that if you are hungry enough for success, it doesn't matter which vehicle you use to get there. It could be food, it could be anything else. You don't need to restrict your plans for success to one industry. You can make anything work. For Ching, her journey really began when she took over a kitchen in a North London banquet hall. And it all came from a humble idea. The inspiration came because actually on one of the last days of university, uh, I passed Pret-a-Manger and they had uh, noodle boxes. £2.99 it was for a whole week noodles, bean sprouts, sesame seeds and a packet of soy sauce. And I was like, this is what the Asian Taiwanese liang mian is? No, my gosh, that is so gross and pared down and plain and a rip-off. And I thought, gosh, £2.99. Well, on that shelf, there was 10 of those boxes. And at that time, I think Pret had 50 stores or whatever. I can't remember. But I did the maths and I was like, well, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, and I can make better. I was just, uh, so I went to Wing Yip and I went and bought, you know, sample packaging, bought the noodles. I, you know, shredded my cucumber, made an omelette and I went to Core Quick and printed a label. And I thought, that's it. This is it. This is going to be the biggest thing since Pret-a-Manger's <laughs> whole wheat noodles. So I, I, I ended up calling Europa Foods. Uh, I said, you really need to see this. It's Tim Marland, I remember. He's an amazing young guy. And he's like, okay, well, you know, do you have a kitchen? Do you have basically details of everything? What's your marketing strategy, your pricing, your kitchen? Do you have distribution? And he's like, you don't have any of this, do you? I said, no. He says, okay, well, look, this is what you need. And I think after that meeting, he thought there's no way that I would that he would see me again. It's just too hard a list. So I worked away. I found that kitchen in North London and cobbled things together. The heavens opened up. I found a distributor who happened to be five minutes away from where my kitchens were. I didn't even need to invest in chilled vans in order to send these chilled food products out. They were going to come and collect from me. And I had three months free rent from the landlady. So all these people I call my guardians, I call my angels, because without Tim Marland, without, you know, the guys at Simple Simon, without, you know, Mrs. Gong, um, I wouldn't have been able to start my business, food business. And I started doing all the sandwiches and jack potatoes and things and in the building, in the banquet building, because they had offices downstairs. So I did all that for them to make ends meet while I got this order from Europa Foods. And then three months into the order starting, the whole thing almost collapsed because I was getting the orders through by a fax machine every day. And I was like, oh my, wow, 500 boxes of egg cool noodles, 500 boxes of, you know, these noodles anyway. And I was making them by hand uh, <laughs> with two part-time kitchen staff that I had got from the uh, job centre. And uh, three months later, I got a phone call from Tim and said, Ching, none of the noodles are selling. <gasps> you know, we're going to have to go to sell return. Um, <gasps> I'm really sorry. And here I was like, oh, wow, my God, we're on a roll. Business is, <laughs> you know, my hands are all raw from like grating the carrots and making all these boxes. And I was just, my heart just sank. And I had to go to the shops and literally stand in a shop and, uh, you know, look at a punter, pick up one of my noodle 
boxes and then look at it and then put it back down. And I'd go and interview every single one. I'd be like, why did you pick that up? And then why did you put it back down? Why didn't you buy it? That was my food business. And that was 10 years of that. Wow. You know, roller coaster journey and the list goes on. But it was while I was on my journey that uh, not long after I met Jamie through a fateful evening. Jamie's my husband and his sister, Fiona, at that time was working for UK Food. She said, Ching, I love your liang mian. It's so delicious because you've got to come in and cook on the segment for Great Food Live. Uh, and this is with Jenny Barnett. And it was like the biggest, you know, uh, food show on TV at that time. So I was like, okay, well, sure. Yeah. So I, I brought my noodles. I brought my drinks. I, that then started my TV journey. And my mother was like, why are you doing this? Why are you working in TV? TV doesn't pay. You can make more in noodles. Concentrate on making the noodles. So, you know, I felt like Kung Fu Panda, you know, like, <laughs> but I don't want to make noodles. I want to be, I want to be a star. Quite the tale of tenacity. It really is within the throes of obstacles and setbacks when a person's metal is being tested that their true spirit is revealed. Obstacles can either stop you in your tracks or fortify your resolve. So what carried Ching through the hard times? I had no choice. I'll be honest with you. As I said, you know, up until that point, it was five years of uncertainty and of worry and stress. And it was just really out of necessity. I think if you... You either sink or you swim. I think, you know, you, you get to that point and I And I thought, well, I have to swim. I've got no choice. And here are these opportunities. And I was always taught, actually, and I think this is down to my father and my, and my mum because they, they, they have this spirit of moving forward, you know, all the time. And I think that is, you know, what I've got from them is that you never give up, you never give up on anything, you just keep going. So, you know, when people say to you, oh, never give up on your dreams, you know, and it just seems so blasé to say that, but it's so true. It's a great sentiment, never to give up on your dreams, because when we plough on, come hell or high water, it's amazing how often the dream becomes a reality. What people aren't usually prepared for, though, is the feeling of dread that sinks in when you're faced with everything you've ever wanted. It sounds like bliss, but when the time comes, it's not uncommon for people to turn and run for the hills. Getting what you truly want can be as frightening as it is exciting. Sometimes, you know, the most scariest things in life are disguised as gifts. Um, and if, if, we, if we'd only realise it at the time. So sometimes we can scare ourselves into inaction when actually it's a test to say, well, here it is. You said you wanted it. The universe is giving it to you. Do you want it or not? And it's that question. It's, it's completely up to you to say, okay, well, I choose to accept it and I'm going to do what I can. Or uh, actually, I'm so afraid and no, I'm not going to do it. And many people will disagree with me, but I personally feel that, you know, the choice is yours yeah, to make every step of the way. It is scary, but you've got to reach out. And then when, it's, when the opportunity comes, uh, yeah, be prepared for it. 
I'd like to take a quick break to let you know how I can help you accelerate your career. Through private one-to-one executive coaching sessions, I'll help you step off the hamster wheel of work, reflect on where you are now and determine where you truly want to be. Together, we'll identify and conquer your inner critic, empower you to achieve your vision of success and create a step-by-step strategy to get you there. To achieve the fearless life and career you deserve, book a discovery call with me at fasttracktofearless.com. Remember, podcast listeners get a very special 20% discount on merchandise and courses by using the code POD20 on the website. Ching sees everything in such an infectiously positive way. It doesn't mean she doesn't come up against negative thoughts and feelings. It just means she's constantly prepared to fight them off. The self-doubt that, you know, is a hard lesson. You know, when you that's when you when a confusion takes place and you know, the worry and the stress and all of that. So I think to overcome that and we all we all have imposter syndrome I have it every day but I think (laughs) (laughs) regardless of the imposter it's just not to let the imposter that imposter is kind of like the adrenaline that is there that centers you that says like okay now are you ready for this and that kind of I think the imposter can drive you to become a a better professional, in fact, because you're always dealing with that, you know, and we always need it. This is what we call the yin and yang, you know, the balance, the energy, the force, push and pull. The imposter thing is good because it makes you, if you you don't feel like an imposter, then maybe it's game over in your career. Maybe there's nothing left for you to learn if you don't feel a bit of nervousness or, you know, where's the love? It helps to keep you in check, you know, of what you love and what you don't love. David Augsburger said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. There's a real beauty in that quote, but also some ugliness. It can lead many of us to chase the satisfaction of a pat on the back above all else and to rank the opinions of others too highly. Ching says we shouldn't get too hung up on what others think about our decisions. You know what it is? It comes from a place of I think, you know, we all want to be loved, we all want to be seen and noticed, and we want to be cherished by other people. And that's, and that's fine, you know, healthy, healthy expectation of that, especially when you give it. So, you know, to have that being given to you, it's, it's lovely. And I think that is a good thing. But I think, try to find a strong sense of yourself, of who you are, uh, so that you... You can fill your own cup without that need for praise or for validation or for, you know, for that love. You know, you can only do what you can. Um, You can't control, you know, what other people think of you uh, or what people, how they see you. I mean, God, that, that would be exhausting. But yeah, it's that. That expectation and then the control, it becomes to you then start to be confused and you start to lose, you know, who you really are. And you then are also susceptible, you know, to being controlled. Why would you want to let someone else determine your life? Why should you even relinquish so much control and your power to another person so they can control what you do? 
Once you've taken control of your own life, you can more easily come to terms with who you are, who you want to be and what you want to achieve. Without that knowledge, it's very hard to convince others to trust in you and your business. Ching has got that side of things down to an art, and so selling herself and her product has become second nature. I enjoy the challenge of trying to convince somebody, you know, that, oh, this dish is delicious and you've got to try it, or have you thought about this? And I, I love that. My my mum says that ever since I was young, I was such an argumentative child. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I love this. I love debate, chat, you know, different perspectives and things. I, I just, uh, so I love the exchange of things. And I love how we all see things from a different perspective. You know, I'm not afraid of of selling. If I'm very clear in my vision, uh, you know, and I have a strong intention and vi- vision and passion for what it is that I believe in. I mean, we all have the ability to sell. I think selling is finding your voice, celebrating, you know, you and your voice and your opinion, giving yourself that permission to express yourself, you know, because you can't sell something that you don't, you know, if you really want to be authentic to yourself. You know, of course, it's like you can't sell that. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't like it. So, how does Ching measure success? I mean, I feel blessed every day. I think peace of mind. You know, if I can sleep well at night, I'm happy. If I can eat well, I'm happy. And I think it's just really that simple. Just a balance, balance. I've had times when I've had a lot of stress in my life, and I'm not so young anymore. And I feel like, why did I put myself through all of that, you know, I sometimes I didn't even enjoy that experience. So as I progress, I want to become more aligned with, you know, my beliefs, the work that I do. Um, it's going to give me much more inner peace. And I think, you know, that alignment is, is really not what my work is, but, you know, what your soul purpose is, you know, your soul's purpose. I'm really... I love spirituality. I love all of that. So uh, I'm trying to do what I feel right and, you know, connects on a deeper level with everyone's ambitions and different where they are in different stages of their professional working life is different. So you will find your own rhythm. The most important thing is, I think, go with the flow. A healthy work-life balance is key. And finally, what are Ching's golden rules to live by? Step into your power, dream big, never give up, and invest in yourself. I think intention is important too. To know yourself is to also question why you really want what you want, you know, why you want it. Because if you are not really honest with intention and why you want to do such a thing, you know, that's when things aren't in flow. But one last thing to say, it's the intention in service, whether it's for a greater good, for your community, for your family, when it's all those things coupled with that one extra, you know, the pot of that pot cooker will just blow right off and you'll achieve even quicker. A massive thank you to Ching Hee Huang for joining me on the podcast. So what can we take away? 
Ching found inspiration in Pret-a-Manger noodles. Not the obvious catalyst for success, and yet it highlights the value of searching for inspiration everywhere you go. Never stop looking. Toil away, cobble things together. If you're presented with an opportunity you're not ready to face, get ready. Spend enough time learning and discovering and you'll break through any wall. Search for the guardian angels in your life and don't be afraid to call on them for help when you need it. Equally, if you've been lucky enough to have help along the way, don't forget to thank those people who provided it. It's useful to think about moving forward. Enjoy what you have, but don't always rest on your laurels or take for granted what you've built. Imposter syndrome can easily hold you back, but if you harness it correctly, it might do the opposite. It can serve as the adrenaline you need to keep going strong. Be comfortable being out of your comfort zone because that simply means you're in your growth zone. Be your biggest cheerleader. Don't be unkind to yourself or put yourself down. Learn to fill up your own cup without needing the praise from others. It makes you susceptible to being controlled and stops you from understanding who you really are. And finally, find your flow and be honest about your intentions. Discover your why. Thanks for listening to Fast Track to Fearless with me, Tracy Forsyth. Please review and like the show on Apple Podcasts. Until then, you can check out all my courses and resources on fasttracktofearless.com. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.